across the city and South Cambridgeshire. On FM, digital and your mobile. Cambridge 105 Radio. I'm going to read you the menu. It's fantastic. So we get better flavour because of the fen soil. I've drunk more beer since I came here and bought my two barrels than I've ever done in my life before, I think. I shouldn't have said almonds. They don't make it from almonds. <laughs> so you've got this big sticky mess when you start off. Pizza pot pints. My wife's cakes are selling up hot cakes. Brilliant, thank you. The time is right for this sort of thing. Food is everything. Cambridge is right for this sort of thing. What's it like? <laughs> Good afternoon and welcome to Flavour with an hour of local food and drink news. I'm Matt Bentman here in our Guaida Street studio with Alan Alder and our new team member Lucy Malazzo, who you will know from 105 Breakfast with Julian Clover. Lucy has moved now over to the Monday edition of the Home Programme and also to us, Flavour. Sue Bailey is still with us on the team, of course. She just can't be here today. So let's hear from Alan and Lucy about what's on. Yes, we talked with Alex Rushma about some of the items in Vanderlyle's festive food box, like a vegan foie gras, for example. Mm. Jay Scrimshaw from Finboys describes their new fortnightly fish club, which includes a three-course meal and a cooking tutorial. And Jay will also talk about Finboys' new online shop, which is opening later this month. Many congratulations to Bread and Meat in Bennett Street and Emily in the Grafton Centre for being runners-up in the recent Observer Food Monthly Awards, and we'll be hearing from them both. And Sue has the lowdown on Canoops, opening in Cambridge this month with their chocolatey treats. So first, hi Lucy, we're really pleased that you could become a member of the Flavour team and, well, you've got an interest in food, haven't you? Hello, hello, I am delighted to be here. I guess that is true. I have a huge interest in um, the food world, really. I love watching the programmes, I love cooking it, I love eating it. Also, of course, I like to have a little glass of wine that goes alongside all of that. <laughs> and um, this feels like a very good fit. <laughs> yes, yes, it, it does as well. And also, you've got an Italian background. So I do. Have you a sort of particular interest in Italian food, or is it really completely worldwide? I, I mean, I like. I guess um, Italian food is my go-to. It is. I have to confess that one. Um, but I do. I love all cuisines, all types of foods from all over the world, whether it's a, a nice curry or something much drier, classic like French. And I'm just, I enjoy cooking as well. Yeah. But I'm, I don't really love doing the really high-end stuff. I just like doing, a, I like a good home-cooked meal. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you like a glass of wine. And I thing. just love a glass of wine to go alongside it. <laughs> good, good, good. But we like wine here on Flavour, so the perfect fit. On now to our first feature, and... Uh, it's some very tasty news from Vanderlyle, who've produced a festive treat box to help celebrate the Christmas period. I went along to Vanderlyle as they were prepping for the day on Thursday morning to ask Alex Rushma what was in it. There's a combination of things that we make in-house and also using some of our favourite suppliers um, as well, some products from those guys, people like Caviar, who do this absolutely sensational vegan 
caviar replacement um, that behaves and tastes and looks just like caviar. So, and, it's, and, and it's made from seaweed. It's made from seaweed. Right. Yeah. It's okay. Well, I can product. just about, about imagine that. But physically, how do you make something from seaweed that looks like caviar? I wish. I wish I knew. I wish I knew. Um, we we buy it direct from from Copenhagen. Yeah, we were sent a sample from. of this about two years ago, and we just completely fell in love with it. And it's been on our menu pretty much ever since. And we think um, you know caviar is such a it's so associated with, with sort of celebration and times of um, festivity um, that we wanted to add some, <laughs> some sort of uh, level of luxury with, within the box and we thought this was a good right. opportunity to I, do I, so. I'm just sort of intrigued by the fact that if you run a, a very successful sort of top-end restaurant, people send you samples of these extraordinary things. Does, does that happen much? Unfortunately, it doesn't happen quite as often as, as, <laughs> as we would like, but, um, you know, there's the occasional perk to it, sort of a wine, wine tastings every now and again and, um, and trying these incredible products that people have made. There are things in this box that you have created here at Vanderlyle. Yeah, it's a combination of things um, that we've created in-house and some of the things that we've that we've brought in that we want to share with people. What we've tried to do is create a box of treats that people can enjoy throughout the day. So there's some breakfast items, there's some sort of lunchy items, and then some late-night snacking items. So to start the day, we've got <laughs> our, um, our granola, which I think has become a little bit of a cult favourite over the last um, couple of years. But we'll do a, a 2022 iteration. I think we're using maple syrup and cocoa nibs in it this year, along with some locally sourced grains from Hodmidots. And alongside that, we've got some marmalade um, that, we're, that we're making. We might slip a little bit of booze in that. Yeah. We've not, <laughs> we've not finalised the exact recipes yet. It's sort of an ongoing uh, creative process. Uh, in addition to that, uh, some uh, cashew parfait that we're calling faux gras, uh, I suppose. Um, so this is, this is an attempt to create something that is as delicious and tasty and rich and luxurious as foie gras parfait or chicken liver parfait. Um, but we're using plant-based products instead to make but, it. But, but that's every bit as amazing as seaweed caviar to me. I mean, how do you make something like faux gras from cashew nuts? It is a process that we've been working on in the kitchen for about four months, tweaking the recipe, changing the recipe. Um, and it started when we realised that the fat content of cashew nuts and the fat content of foie gras are about the same. Um, they both have about 60% fat. So our starting point was, can we do something similar with cashew nuts to foie gras? Right. So that was our bouncing off point. Um, and about three months of trial and not so much error, thankfully, but trial and tweaking and changing, we realised that, yes, you can. And especially if you add elements that you would associate with a, uh, with a foie gras puff. Right. OK, let's go back to the feast box, which is sounding fantastic. OK, so the, the, the foie gras you've made and there's dolce de leche as well I mean that's mm. that's pretty decadent isn't it yeah dolce de leche I mean it's, it's great it's so versatile um, I have a, a sort of guilty habit of eating that straight from the jar I have my wife bought me a, a a dedicated spoon just for spooning out and things like dolce de leche and chocolate spread straight from the jar um, so it's one of my favorite ingredients and Camilla our pastry chef is from um, from Chile and I think it's one of the um, it's one of the ingredients that that, that runs in the veins of uh, of South America, um, and it's I mean it's, it's it's brilliant. It's so versatile. It's great for you can put it on pancakes in the morning. You can stir it through your coffee. You could put it on ice cream. Stir it through um, coffee. What an idea! Yes. 
That's one of my favourite, favourite things to, to drink. It's in the morning, if it's a cold morning as well and you want that little bit of, um, little bit of a sweet hit, stirred through coffee, it's, it's fantastic. And also in the box, um, I've been, you know, feasting my eyes on this so I know what's in there, uh, the, winter, the winter syrup. What's that? Yeah, winter syrup is uh, again. It's something that we've that we've sort of done a couple of uh, vintages of. I suppose that would be that would be the word. But it's great to have have just sat in your store cupboard or in your in your fridge. And if you want to add a little bit of sparkle to to a coffee, for example, in the morning, right. or what we sometimes do is is pour it into a bottle of um, sorry, pour it into a glass of sparkling wine and just add a touch of sweetness and a little bit of. <laughs> Christmas pizzazz into um, into a, into a glass of fizz, and also you've there's um, a chutney as well, and that's is that's produced alongside flourish or using so flourishes. It'll, it'll be we'll be making a, a, a festive chutney, a spice chutney with um, with produce from flourish. So we don't yet know what's going to be in it. We don't know what flourish are going to be harvesting towards the middle of December or towards the beginning of December. One of the nice things about working in a in a small kitchen is that we can we can adapt to seasonal variations reasonably quickly so um who knows what's going to be in it it'll be delicious that's all <laughs> oh, i know <laughs> i'm sure it will okay and what what, what else this this um tea tea yes yeah i think um i love starting the day with a cup of spiced tea in december um i think it's one of the one of the nicest ways to get into the festive spirit is with tea that's not overly sweet or spicy or smells too much like um too much like a christmas tree or uh, or too <laughs> clovey but something that has a jet- gentle subtle spice running through it. i love chai um and this is our little nod to that so it'll be tea from from our tea supplier uh, called jeeves and jericho and it has things like cloves and cinnamon and orange peel through it along with along with the black tea um, but a lovely way to begin the day and and i see you've got oris and sun's even flow hot sauce which is fantastic isn't it's it? one <laughs> of our absolute favorites i think we um whenever we have what we call family meal or staff food here it always ends up on the table uh, and at the moment we're getting through about two bottles a week of it at the moment oh, really? yeah well it is, um, it is a it is a great product a, and um i mean it's great for, can you imagine your boxing day sandwich with slices of turkey and stuff and um, maybe some chutney and then a little bit of Oris and Sons hot sauce on there as well. I mean, I can't think of a better way to <laughs> spend a Boxing yeah. Day afternoon. And gold truffle mayonnaise, what's that about? We use one of the oils in the kitchen that we use a lot is um, from a company called Cotswold Gold. Oh, this is the um, rapeseed oil. So this is the rapeseed yeah. oil. And one of their products that we love is, a tr- is, a, is their truffle mayonnaise. And we thought adding a jar of that to the box. And, and truffle like caviar is one of those things, I think, at Christmas that just makes people think of luxury. And, is, and, and I think this year, perhaps more than any other, it's those small treats that I think we're all going to be yearning for. And you can order it now on your website. So the box is available to order for collection on December the 23rd. Um, that's the only day that we're able to do collections. It'll be the afternoon of the 23rd. And you'll be able to book a collection slot uh, once you've placed the order. Right. And when do orders stop? When do you have to have ordered it by? So I think um, probably up to about a week before beforehand. We only have 150 available. So we're oh, really? Small team, right. small kitchen. Of so course, the numbers the are... Logistics, the yeah. logistics of it are, are a bit tough. And a lot of it is going to have to be made... We'll, we'll be making 
sort of in the two or three days beforehand as well. So some of it will be um, some of it will be store cupboard items, but um, there will be a few things that are, that need to be refrigerated as well. So right. there's a limited time window, which is why we've got such a limited number of boxes available. Yeah. We'd love to be able to do three or four hundred of them. We just haven't got the we haven't got the space. We haven't got the but, the but if, if you're here working on those, then you're not opening as a restaurant at that time. No, I mean one of the reasons that we've decided to do the the, the festive treat box uh, is to is to help offset the uh, the closure that we're um, that, that we've got planned so we're only operating for two weeks in December um, so we're doing two weeks of five services uh, so ten services in December I think we have only two or three tables available um, during December now what even though it's only just gone up it's only just gone up <laughs> yeah so we sat here at the beginning beginning of November knowing that we're that we're full every service that we're open in yeah. December but we needed to think of a way to help mitigate the, the losses of that closure and also to help mitigate the, 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 the rising prices that everybody's feeling and the staff shortages that everybody's suffering. Yeah. And, and we decided that, that doing this... We didn't want to go back and, and do the Vandalal to go or the Vandalal at home. We just didn't think that was suitable at this, uh, this time. So this is the alternative that we came up with. Yeah. So this is more of a, uh, a box that has a much more, a slightly longer shelf life, but also is something that people, that we want people to dip into over the 12 days of Christmas and beyond. What about the number of people who can reasonably enjoy it? I mean, is it designed for a specific number, do you think? We've, we've designed it uh, with sort of three to four people in mind. Right. Um, I mean, some of the items will be enough for, for, for people to have one portion of, if there's that many. Um, the granola, for example, is probably going to be six or seven portions. Yeah. Um, it just depends on how, how greedy people are feeling. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, anyway, it sounds great. <laughs> thank you, thank you. OK, thanks very much, Alex. Anytime. Yeah, well, how lucky we are in Cambridge to have somewhere of the quality of Vanderlyle and somewhere that's constantly innovating too. We'll hear more about how the faux gras and other inspired inventions were developed in a future edition of Flavour. Faux gras, Alan. Did you try any? No, because it's all going to be made fresh, so oh. unfortunately I did ask if there was any I could have a look at. <laughs> I love the experimentation going on at Vandalal. for eating. <laughs> it's crazy that we're starting to talk about Christmas as well, but I guess here we are, 5th of November. Makes sense, right? Right, on now to our first news section. And Flourish Farm Shop's first day of opening is today. It opened its doors this morning and it's going to be closing at 4pm. Tomorrow it's open from 10 till 2. It'll be closed on Monday and then opening up again on Tuesday. The final opening hours aren't fixed yet. They want to see what works, so check their social media for updates. And um, Flourish will be selling produce from their farm, which we featured on the last edition of flavour and foods from other british producers yeah they'll also be selling homeware and gifts as well it's an outlet for high quality artisan products and soon they'll be joined by a bakery on the farm so we'll be selling freshly baked goods too flourish is on cook's pen farm if you're going south on the a1307 out of cambridge it's very shortly after the turn off to hildersham there's a sign at the side of the road but it's easily missed well easily missed by me anyway <laughs> so just slow down and look closely
Yeah, one of the products that they'll be selling at Flourish is Willie's Pies. Willie worked at kitchens in London, including top places like Brat, St John Bread and Wine and Rochelle Canteen. Flourish is the first stockist outside of London, and this weekend the three pies that will be on offer are beef, shin and butterbean, chicken, smoked bacon and savoy cabbage, and celeriac, parsnip and raclette. They sound great. Meanwhile, another local regenerative grower, Sweet Pea Market Garden, has its last day on Cambridge Market this coming Wednesday. So do try and get along and give them your support. The dry summer has made sowing winter crops difficult, so continuing the market stall over the next few months is not an option for them. But they do hope to return to Cambridge Market next year. Oh, that's good. Also at Cambridge Market, Emerald Foods, which you can find there from Tuesday to Saturday, has its seasonal stock in, including currants, Lexia raisins, whole candied orange peel and lemon peel, nuts, all sorts of festive things. Meanwhile, in Mill Road, there is some very welcome news. Culinaris will be opening its new premises at 90A Mill Road. That's on the corner with St Barnabas Road, and that'll be later this month. They're looking for staff too, so keep a listen in for the job section at the end of the programme for details. That's very good news. Sorry, and I've just got to jump in, because I love Culinaris. I was very worried when they first closed down, but it thrilled that they just needed... And they've been shut for so long, you didn't begin to remember if they're going to reopen. Brilliant that they're coming back. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And also, the Mill Road Winter fair is back. It's happening on the 3rd of December from 10.30 to 4.30. Very excited about that one too. First time in two years, I think, the Winter Fair's back. And our final piece of news in this section, we'll have more later in the programme, is from Number 2 Mill Road, where you'll find Finboys, whose online shop is opening later this month. Here's Finboy Jay Scrimshaw to explain what will be available via their website. There's going to be a specific page dedicated to the fish boxes, which will have three different types of day boat fish and then things like soup de poisson, uh, maybe kipper pate, and maybe a sauce and some seasonings. Uh, then uh, on the, the online shop, obviously you can buy all, all the fish, um, all the products that we, we stock. Well, the things like the tinned fish, for example. All the tinned fish, yeah. all that sort of stuff, yeah. Um, we're going to be obviously still making our taramasalata and mackerel pate, maybe a couple of sauces in there. And then obviously for... For Christmas, we'll be gearing up for your pre-orders for Christmas. So uh, on the 24th of December, you can pick up. So pre-orders before that for for Christmas. And then uh, on 31st, New Year's Eve, uh, we're doing the pickups there as well. So you can order your lobsters, oysters, all that sort of stuff. We're we're making uh, sea trout wellingtons like we did last year. We're going to have gravel axe pastrami flavoured gravel axe, beetroot flavoured. So there's going to be loads of Christmas goodies right. to come and it, it, for, for things like the, the sea trout wellington, is there a, a deadline by which it's got to be ordered? I would say by the 18th of December we really want to have sort of all the orders in for that but if it's you know 22nd it's not going to be a problem. We're yeah. going to have loads of fish uh, so we, we, can, we can deal with yeah. anything you throw at us. And in January, are you going to be open throughout January or are you taking a break? So we're closing until the 12th of January and then we'll reopen that, I think that's a Thursday, so we'll, we'll open on the, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday doing our tasting menu and then the following week we're doing a January sales menu. So uh, it will be the same sustainable fish and stuff like that but um, just thinking about people's pockets 
you know just a little bit on the cheaper side yeah, you yeah. know so same same sustainable same same boat same em- not changing anything so the, the quality is still the, there obviously. the quality is still yeah. there yeah. the price could come down a little bit might find a pie on there say you know a fish pie very nice on the menu too. we wouldn't normally put that on the menu but you know quite comfort food january and thinking about people's pockets and stuff And now details of free food available in and around Cambridge. And the information about what's available and where to get it comes from the Olio app. And that exists simply so that people's or businesses' surplus food doesn't go to waste. Yeah, and looking at Olio for today in Cambridge shows us that, well, almost everything is gone. I scrolled through a long list of goods that were already claimed, which perhaps means that there's more demand or there's less supply. Whatever the case, I did find a few things. Uh, the first was one and a quarter packets of Sainsbury's vermicelli. These were being given away by a person called Param in Chesterton. Lisa, just off Coleridge Road, has an organic turnip. Insert your black two jokes here. Uh, she's got that from Abel and Cole, and she's just not a fan. And finally, Gian on Victoria Road has lots of different teas available, including twining fennel and lemon zest, lemon and ginger, chamomile and honey vanilla, and some sweet citrus empress grey as well. None of these tea bags are to their taste. Maybe they are to yours. And that is just a few of the things available on the Olio app at the moment. And things can get claimed very quickly. But luckily, you can set alerts on your phone, which are triggered by geolocation, I think. So you could be walking up Mill Road, for instance, and your phone pings to tell you that Dave on Ross Street has got a pickled goat available and it's only slightly nibbled. It's not to his taste. So fill your boots. There's another free app called Too Good To Go and that has unsold food from restaurants and shops often at less than half price. And rather than specifying each leftover item, the surplus food is simply packaged as a magic bag and it's ready for you to take home and that's instead of it being binned at the end of the day's trading. Now, our colleague Sue Bailey has had a busy week and can't be with us today, but she did manage to find the time to talk with Jens Knoop, who is opening a chocolate drink shop in Green Street at the end of the month. Now, it sounds a bit special, this place. Here's Sue. It's a very interesting name for your new chocolate shop that is going to be opening in Green Street in Cambridge very soon. But it's it's called after your surname, is that right? My surname, it's, it's quite difficult to pronounce, but it's also very playful and it's always a reason to engage with customers because a lot of customers approach um, the, the team members or myself. So what does Knops mean? My name is Jens Knop. Knop is a very popular surname in the north of Germany where I was born, but it's also a Dutch word and it means button. And, and so it makes sense. We're working with a lot of chocolate buttons, so even before I was born, I was meant to work with chocolate. It sounds like it, indeed it does. There's lots of coffee shops around, but I think you must be unique. Always looking around uh, what else is going on, and nobody does it. Nobody does it as well as we do. Nobody, I think, enjoys it as we do. So many choices there, entirely dedicated to chocolate drinks. Of course, we also have coffee and then other bits and bobs to drink, but we really love our chocolate. That's why we have so many choices. There is nothing better than a hot chocolate on a cold winter's day. Uh, looking back at last weekend, for example, absolutely. But of course, 
course, we also do cold chocolates um, for the summer months. And when I started um, 10 years ago opening, I thought, okay, everybody just drinks hot chocolate in the winter and then cold chocolates in the summer. I have learned a lot of people drink milkshakes and our ice chocolates throughout the whole year and hot chocolates in the summer. Lessons learned and that's why we have hot as well as cold chocolate throughout the year. In fact, something that is going to interest people in Cambridge, you have, I gather, Knoop's periodic table, is that correct? It looks like a periodic table. So when you step into our shops, you see a wealth of choices. And all, all our chocolates are divided initially by percentage. And the percentage stands for the amount of cacao within the chocolate. It does remind a lot of people of the periodic table. I I made that decision so we can differentiate the chocolates. As we have 22 on the board, we have to start somewhere. And a lot of people are a little bit apprehensive. I'm not very good with numbers, and I always say that, but that's when we immediately step in and say, forget all the numbers behind us. That's just a way of differentiating the chocolate. Let's talk about what kind of chocolate you eat at home, what kind of chocolate you drink, where's the best hot chocolate you ever had. And then they're describing it very often. It's, um, I've been in Venice and I was sitting, I was surrounded by doves or I was skiing. And then we talk about the emotion rather than the periodic table behind us. But it does work. And of course, it's also educational. It tells our customers chocolate is divided or can be categorized by percentage. So we're speaking to very young customers about percentage. I think that's a step forward. I think that's a lovely idea. I, I am so looking forward to actually seeing this in, in Green Street. And it's just on the corner, is that right? A partway down Green Street? We love um, we love the corner units because people can see us from everywhere, and we are a very open environment, so everybody can watch us from the outside. Hopefully, they're coming in as well, but they can see the process of um, how we make the hot chocolates or the um, the chocolate milks or the milkshakes. But they can also have a peek preview on our menu. They can have a look and decide maybe why they're queuing, maybe we're closed because it's eight nine o'clock, so they can look at the, look for something. For the next day. So that's why we're such an open environment and the corner unit is always preferred because you can see us when customers are approaching us from every angle. And how many shops do you now have? Because I think, are we the 10th or is it not quite that many yet? So Cambridge will be number eight and I'm, I'm particularly excited about Cambridge because when I did a little bit of market research and that means I'm going through the street just to soak up the vibe, I could really feel that we're adding something to Cambridge, but also the diverse culture, people from all over the world, all age groups, I think that will really appreciate what we can bring to Cambridge. And also, I gather you do interesting flavour blends, not just the chocolate, but adding either salt or rosemary or things like that. Tell me a little bit more. So that's what we call knopology. It's kind of a little bit of a process. Now we're talking science again, but it's the art or the science of making the, the perfect hot chocolate or chocolate uh, drink for you. So, yes, you usually start with a percentage you prefer, uh, which relates to how sweet or how dark you would like your chocolate. Then you choose a milk. Also, you choose if you want it cold or hot. And then we're coming to the added ingredients. 
So we have classic ingredients like sea salt, a little bit of fresh orange zest. We can also steep fresh mint, and then we're getting more exotic uh, with turmeric. We have star anise. We have some very, very interesting things on our menu. We always invite the customers to explore. We always suggest interesting um, flavor combinations. One of my favorite is orange and chili. So you get the fragrant orange uh, aroma and the slight hit of chili in the back of the throat. It doesn't clash and it works perfectly with that sounds really interesting and and you're obviously interested in different ways in which chocolate goes with other flavors and you've written your own cookery book as well i gather yes absolutely and there are quite a few things in there which i still make at home i have my granola at home what did i do last weekend i made a bread and butter chocolate pudding which was beautiful and i had to make that for a chef so no pressure at all there are quite a few recipes in there which i make on a daily basis on a weekly but there are also some interesting recipes involving a little bit of alcohol um, for the adults but there's something for the whole family in there that sounds like a delicious sort of thinking about christmas chocolate lovers present absolutely i gather if you're a vegan or a vegetarian you don't have to worry either you don't have to think oh gosh it's all got to be cow's milk we have so many vegan options two-thirds of our chocolates so two-thirds of the 22 uh, chocolate choices on the wall are vegan because they're either dark, uh, which means they don't contain any animal products, no dairy. But we also have a vegan milk chocolate, beautiful single origin and milk chocolate made with oat milk, 38%. And then we have a whole range of milk choices. We have almond, oat, coconut, soya, hazelnut milk. And you can have that then as a hot chocolate or one of our iced chocolates if you prefer um, a cold chocolate drink. So many vegan options. I even lost count how many we are, but totally inclusive. It just comes natural with the chocolates we have on the board. Wow, you're making me look really forward to the opening of, of the Knoop's lovely chocolate shop. And when is it opening, in fact, Jens? Okay, I believe, and I, I'm honest, and I'm looking at my calendar because I'm coming to uh, Cambridge early just so I can get involved and dig in and walk around and, of course, spread the crossword. But the official opening day is on the 25th of November, which is a Friday. I don't know the exact time yet, but it might be worth checking on our website and going on our social media accounts just to check. I think it will be about 8 or 9 o'clock, but just check on our social media feeds what the actual opening time is, but it will be on the 25th of November. Perfect. Well, perhaps I can see you there. That would be lovely. So nice. Yes, I would like to see you there as well. Please pop by. Thank you very much indeed. Oh, well, that was Jens Noops of Noops in Cambridge. Thank you so much, Jens. Oh, yes, well, thank you indeed. And we're off for a two-minute break now. Back soon with Bread and Meat, Amelie, more from Finn Boys, and much more news and our job section too. Don't go away. Cambridge 105 Radio with City Fibre. Say goodbye to the dreaded buffer symbol. With Cambridge's bonfire and fireworks event happening on Midsummer Common this evening, there'll be a number of road closures in place from 6.30pm until 9.45 tonight. These include the entire length of Victoria Road and Fair Street, 
Jesus Lane and King Street from Manor Street to the Four Lamps Roundabout, Maids Causeway at the Four Lamps Roundabout to Fitzroy Street and New Square from Emmanuel Road to Fair Street. There'll also be a one-way system in place on the following roads, Hamilton Road, Pretoria Road, Aylston Road and Kimberley Road. Public transport-wise, park and ride services will be running with the final services leaving Cambridge at the following times. Maddingley Park and Ride from St Andrew Street at 8.30, Milton Park and Ride from Drummer Street at 8 o'clock, Trumpington Park and Ride from Downing Street at 8.30, Newmarket Road Park and Ride from Drummer Street also at 8.30 and Baberham Road from Drummer Street at 20 past 8. Check out cambridge105.co.uk for more details and how you can best plan your route. Travel on Cambridge 105 Radio with City Fibre. The digital broadband revolution is coming to your doorstep soon. Find out more at cityfibre.com slash Cambridge 105. Cambridge 105 Radio. CKLG Accountants are a friendly team of accountants and tax advisors with big firm expertise. I'm Lawrence, Director of CKLG, responsible for business services. We understand that running a successful business brings many challenges. Our experienced business services team provide a bespoke service and offer professional advice at every stage of your business journey, allowing you the freedom to focus more on what you do best. To find out more, call us on Cambridge 810100 to arrange an initial chat with one of our specialists or visit our website cklg.co.uk cklg accountants your partner in business your partner in life cambridge 105 radio welcome back to flavor now we're heading over to the grafton center and we're going to meet alex creppy who with his father regis runs amelie flomkush Regis worked in Michelin restaurants on the continent before coming here to set up his own businesses, and they've won Michelin Forks and AA Rosettes. The family hail from the Alsace region, which borders Germany and Switzerland, so they specialise in the food of that region, such as the Flammkuche, which is a little bit like a flatbread pizza. The quality and the value of their food has earned them recognition in one of the industry's highlight awards ceremonies. So here is Alex. The prestigious Observer Food Monthly Awards. It recognises today's food heroes. It's back after a two-year hiatus due to COVID. And Amelie, they've achieved runner-up status in the Best Value Eats category. So that's eats that are under £20 per head for the main course and drink. Uh, we're here at Amelie in the Grafton Centre. How do you feel, Alex? Great, great. Thanks for having me. We are overwhelmed, really, really touched. For no one has it been easy being able to win people's hearts, finding us a good value, but value for money, which is what we've come in to do, really. We wanted to offer good food, fresh, at a high level, but at a price everyone can access, really. I got an email a couple of weeks back just to say that we became runner-up. I think we were three in the area. Bread and Meat were another one and another place in Hitchin, so it was nice to have it. Oh, the orange tree, I think. Yeah, that yeah, was. I think it yeah. was, yeah, exactly. Jay Rayner spoke about you and championed you. Does it make a difference? Did that have a, an effect on business? And likewise, does this? Yeah, hugely. I think with Jerino, he mentioned us with the meal kits that we were doing at the time during COVID. Unfortunately, we've had to stop them for the time being. But the business overnight that he brought was huge. Previously, when we first opened, we got mentioned in Telegraph. Again, it's an overnight change in terms of business and people come from all over just to come and try it. It's, there's a, there's a there's a following for these articles and people really do enjoy discovering new restaurants around the UK that can often get missed. And that's what Jay Rayner bought with the meal kits. The best value eats is something we really wanted to be mentioned in just because it's so expensive to live these days. Cost of living is going up. 
We've been doing free kids meals for about a year now. We were doing them for kids' holidays to start off with, but now we do them throughout the whole year, holidays or not. And that includes a drink and an ice cream, and that really benefits families, especially on the weekends. When it comes to the Observer Food Monthly Awards, it's right. your customers who vote for you, yeah, it's not exactly. judges. Yeah. So just the customers. I mean, there's no judges. We'd like to do competitions where we can enter judges as well, looking at entering some products to the, to the great taste. I think good food doesn't have to be expensive, and I think us being a French brand, France often conveys this expensive presence, and, and people often associate French food with high prices, and it's not at all the case. Flemme Couche, although we do call it skinny pizza, it does originate from France, and it's this extremely French dish, and it's mega cheap, and you can have really good food at accessible prices. So here I am behind the counter with Alex, and you're just about to make some. So I'm going to make a flemkouche. I'll make the authentic, which is the most traditional one that we have. We start off with the base, which is flour, water, a little bit of rapeseed oil, and nothing else. There's no yeast or anything, unlike quite often people will see a pizza. And visually it does look a lot like pizza, but it's going to be a lot lighter and a lot thinner, and you get a lot more flavors from the top. So like a pizza, but not actually a pizza. This is made with dough rolled very, very thin, and it cooks rapidly. They therefore translate flemme couche as French firebread. After that, I've put on creme fraiche. So it's creme fraiche using a bit of salt and pepper, and it's a low-fat creme fraiche as well. Low-fat's always better, cooks better, and is a lot lighter on your body. Next, we have some very thin smoked bacon. We spread that all on top. So traditionally in Alsace in the 14th century, what bakers used to do to test their ovens out, they would roll a very, very thin piece of bread dough. And the bread dough would be so thin that the second it would cook, the bakers would know that their ovens were ready to start cooking their bread. Realizing after a while that they were wasting a piece of bread, they were like, okay, well, let's use this to eat. Let's do something with it. But it's so, we need to cover it with something so that it's nice to eat. And being in Alsace where there's nothing but pigs, cows, grass and flour. So they got some cream from the cows and some pork from the pigs. And that was it. That was when the Flemkush originated from. So unlike pizza, which was very much on a tomato base in the Mediterranean, these completely different flavors. This is a very rustic dish from Alsace and kind of went dead for a while and is now starting to be rejuvenated, especially in France, Germany, Austria. It's very, very popular over there. And then finally, we cover it with a bit of Gruyere cheese. Gruyere being a bit sweeter than your traditional cheddar, a bit more flavor than mozzarella. And that's it, that is literally the authentic. Okay. Goes in the oven, cooks for 90 seconds, and it's with you from ordering it to it being in front of you, we're looking at not more than three minutes. And in that time, the oven has to be super hot, doesn't it? Yeah, so the oven is at about 330 degrees normally. Okay. Uh, these are pizza ovens, stone-baked pizza ovens. It does cook it, but they're very delicate. And here is the finished product. You just slice it up. At least we've got that accolade to know that we are value for money, which is always what we wanted to do. I think on that note, Cool, thank you very much. Great to see you again, Alex. Cheers, great to see you too. Thank you. Yeah. Alex mentioned that people tend to vote because they could go shopping as well. They're paying for this graft and centre parking, which can be quite expensive, but that can be offset by a fair price lunch in an Amelie Flamcouche restaurant. 
He also said that they get food enthusiasts coming in from far and wide to try their dishes because a comment from Jay Rayner, a write-up in The Telegraph, applaud it from the Observer Food Monthly Awards or a feature on flavour. Some of these things can generate a big boost in interest, a well-deserved interest. So, if you fancy trying a Flomkoosh skinny pizza from Amelie, you can find them upstairs in the Grafton Centre near the cinema. And if you just want to see how the food looks right now, then check out their Twitter feed, at Amelie underscore rest, R-E-S-T. And there's the music signalling time for news from social media. Yes, uh, Hill Street Chocolates have been on Instagram offering their advent calendar for a special price of £20, which actually is a remarkably special price. And that's for the first 100 customers. You use the code ADVENT20. Histon Smokehouse has a Christmas market on the 26th and the 27th of November and again on the 10th of December. There's lots of stalls selling gifts and food, including sourdough bread. Check the social media for details. Calvary's Tap Room and their Engineer's House are both open now. And finally, Grain Culture in Ely has a Beaujolais Nouveau night on the 17th of November. Book online. <laughs> Let's continue with the story of the Observer's Food Awards because there was another runner-up in Cambridge, Bread and Meat on Bennett Street. Alan caught up with co-owner Simon Cheney on Wednesday and asked him about where he'd heard when he won the award. It seems that getting awards isn't always quite what it seems, though this one is a genuine article. And we heard about it in the middle of October. Was that a surprise to you? Absolutely, yes, completely out of the blue. One of our uh, other local businesses... Uh, Emily posted it online, so that was actually the first we realised that there was something going on. So you didn't hear first directly from the Observer then? Well, we did, but, um, you know, there, we get a lot of emails around various things around awards and updates and things, so, yeah, it, it might have been slightly overlooked, shall we say, <laughs> initially. But, no, very, very pleased indeed. Awards are very interesting, and, and, I, and I think it's something which we, 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 we do get approached by third parties offering us or, or letting us know we've been very successful in awards. Um, unfortunately though when you look behind it, what actually happens is that you find out you have to pay them £250 and they will give you a fabulous award. I, would you call them bogus awards? Yeah, of course they are. Um, I haven't seen many in central Cambridge being displayed but certainly in some rural pubs I've seen some quite interesting awards on bars. You know, best pub in the area, best pub in the world. Um, they're from unknowns, so unlike the recent award, which was obviously you know, a marvellous thing to get. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Tell me about this award, though. How did you, when, when, it, when you realised that you really had got this award, how, how, how did you feel? And, and what difference does an award like that make okay. to your business? Okay. Really, running a, running a very small business as we do, the biggest reward is actually looking out and seeing people enjoying our food. And that's, 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 the, that's the best thing. It's actually very simple. It's quite visceral, really. But it's lovely to get some recognition externally as well. We, we obviously, we have um, various routes for reviews now as well from the public, which are always good, and they're a good sort of temperature check for us. Talking to customers, always number one. But to get something external is always an absolute... Well, that's a thrill, really. It's, um, it's really nice to feel that... We all work quite hard, we have a dedicated team, they work very, very hard, so it's really nice that it's validated externally, I think. 
Uh, and particularly by a prestigious Sunday newspaper. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. It's, uh, it's uh, always good. And will it make any difference? Is it making any difference? To- I think what things like this do is they, they bolster your market. They in- keep new people realising we're here. You know, we are down Bennett Street. You know, we are just off the main drag of, of King's Parade. Um, so other people will maybe try us who maybe had walked past. And I think we've seen uh, from other routes, so certainly we've had another piece very early in our history in one of the other large uh, Sunday newspapers, which was very useful. People did come in. And now with social media, um, YouTubers and things, we've had some very, some very uh, positive reviews from, from a couple of those. And when people come to Cambridge to visit, people will have a look at these things and will choose to come in. Yeah, well, things like Top Jaw. So things just like Top Jaw, yeah, who were... Uh, yeah, did a, did a fabulous review of us. Still, we have many, uh, a, a wide demographic that come in, so, you know, the Sunday papers are also really important for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. Well, you started in 2014. We did, indeed. Did you, and, and uh, against some sort of, you know, quite stiff competition at the time, mm-hmm. you know, Pint Shop was going strong in mm-hmm. 2014. I can't remember whether Fitzbilly's was still a restaurant in the evening in 2014, but nevertheless, there's, you know, very successful places around here. Yeah. Did you expect, did you, <laughs> did you know you'd survive? Oh, I know. No, no, I don't sleep, you know, that's, that would be a nice <laughs> benefit, wouldn't it? But, but you don't know, and, and you know, those who, who know, know us know that I... Well, we hadn't done anything like this when we started. You know, we, I worked for British Telecom as a programme director for my sins for, for many years. Um, so it was a new venture. And I think that does give you some ability to do things as you wish, differently. I don't know what it quite is. So I, I never really thought we would fail, but I didn't think we would become, which I think we have, part of the Cambridge sort of food scene. And, and, and it's established... Certainly competition, though, never stays still. And I think that's something, for me, lots of the larger chains are coming into the centre of Cambridge. Some of those have an enormous capacity. They have some premium sites. They don't, I don't think all of them share our values. I don't think they all pay the staff well like we try to do and things like that. But I I think there is stiff competition, just purely volume. Also, the chains are known, aren't they? They People know them. They don't necessarily know... Well, they don't know bread and meat unless no. they've been to Cambridge before. Yeah. So yeah. do you splash out on something you know or do you take a risk? Well, we're, we're lucky that we find generally at weekends there's a little old queue outside. Yeah. Not like some of our lovely neighbours who have slightly longer queues, but we normally are quite busy at weekends and we're normally quite busy during the week. So, But the chains, the chains, the independents, you know, we can all, I think, work alongside each other very well. I think it's the chains that can come in and offer... I'm going to call them preposterous discounts or offers or things like that that, you know, we just can't compete with. And, and perhaps the market will see more of them actually, you know, going into administration and, and not surviving because of those very reasons, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Why, why do you think you got it? You got it for, for best value eats. Absolutely, absolutely. So that's a, I guess that's a big question and, and something we talk about as a, as a company, um, my wife and I, who runs the business with me, Michelle, um, about what is good value and what are prices, um, particularly as we all know that the cost of living is going up, which impacts businesses as much as anybody else, um, with buying food as our primary, our primary cost. But I still think good value food is around receiving a meal of good quality food that's quite generous, hopefully, um, that, that would be a, a treat. And I think that can still be very good value. 
whilst walking away not feeling that you've spent almost what you could live on for a week for a plate of food. Yeah, well said, Simon. And what he said about the influx of even more chains coming into Cambridge, so true. Yes, and it's not stopping, mm. is it? No, we've had some news recently, haven't we? Popeyes coming Popeyes to the Market, the market Square. Square, which is, well... Let's not mention Let's it. not mention. <laughs> Time for a bit more news now. Let's begin by popping over to Congratulations Corner, where today we find Restaurant 22 in Chesterton Road, which has been judged to be exceptional in the Good Food Guide, putting it alongside such highly revered places such as London's Pollen Street Social, Restaurant Gordon Ramsay and Silo. A truly exceptional performance. Wow. Um, also on Congratulations Corner is the Brown Soup Pub, also known as as the Queen's Head in Newton, which is in the 2023 Good Beer Guide, and that is one of only five pubs in the country to have been in every single edition of the guide. That is brilliant. <laughs> there are some events coming up at Pudini in Willingham on the 18th of November, and there's another of their very popular Italian supper clubs. And on the 3rd of December, there will be a collaborative supper club with chefs Alex and Tin. Finn Boys have set up a fish club which sounds not only remarkably good value, but tasty, informative and entertaining too. Here's Jay Scrimshaw with more information. It's like a tutorial, give you some little tips of making your food go a little bit further. November we're doing a nose to tail, coin that phrase from St John's. Maybe it might be a halibut or something, so we'll, we'll sort of um, utilise the cheeks and the collar, make a starter out of that and then obviously the prime bits. We'll, uh, we'll cook for you. So it's just making the most out of everything you get. And so, then... so, it, so it's a tutorial, but you also get to eat what's being cooked? Yep, you'll have a sort of three-course meal, glass of bubbles. There's only 16 people at the counter, so you'll have right. me and Rich, and it's only me and Richard here as well, so it's sort of a real, trying to be a quite an intimate evening. Yeah, and we'll, we'll fillet the fish on this table so everyone can see. And yeah, no, it should be fun. I mean, like I said, November we've got flatfish and then in December we're doing how to make gravelax and pastrami salmon, beetroot and vodka. So you can, we can show you how to do that or you can just buy it from us. And then in the last one in December, we're doing a lobster uh, evening with uh, one of two female uh, skippers on their British fleet. She's gonna come in, she's gonna talk about what it's like to be a lady fisherman. She's big on sustainability and she's, she's quite a bit of an activist. So she's uh, in the process now of trying to protect some fishing grounds that uh, big companies, uh, energy companies want to use for wind farms. That'll destroy the area. Destroy? Yeah, one, that'll destroy right, the area. Right. So she's, she's quite into that. But yeah, so it'll be a night with Ashley, lobster fishing tails and a lobster supper. Sounds fantastic. Yeah. And so you book via your website, presumably? Uh, book by joining the newsletter presently is the only place that you can get onto it. We always release all the dates, all our wine dinners, all these clubs to the newsletter first. And to be fair, they always sell out the night, the following day. So it doesn't have time to get on to the, sure. anyone else. So yeah. joining the newsletter is the best place to yeah. find out what's going on. 
Brilliant stuff. Right, on to my favourite now, wine news. The Level 1 Award in Wines is available at the Wine Rooms tomorrow. That's Sunday from 10 till 5pm, presented by the Cambridge Wine Academy. See the Wine Rooms Instagram pages to book. And tastings coming up include an International Sherry Week Masterclass on the 10th of November from 7 till 8pm, which costs £30. On 17th of November, a tasting of Beaujolais Nouveau and Cru, in which Sommelier Lavinia will do a tasting tour of some older vintages alongside some younger and livelier expressions. Brilliant words there. There's a Spanish tasting on the 24th of November and a Christmas tasting on the 1st of December. Cambridge Wine Merchants is holding a Christmas wine fair on the 1st of December. There'll be more than 100 wines to try in a walk-around style tasting. Food vans will also be on site if you get peckish. It begins at 5pm and it's at the Cass Centre in Shaftesbury Road, which is at the Hills Road end of Brooklands Avenue. The cost for this is £25 and you can book by emailing one of the Cambridge Wine Merchant branches with your name, address and contact number. And Cambridge Wine Merchants has a port tasting coming up at the Cherry Hinton Road branch. It's £40 ahead and takes place on the 9th of November. To book, email cherry at cambridgewine.com and again include your name, address and contact number. And then a blind champagne tasting on 24th of November. Sign me up. That's at the Kings Road branch with champagne. Campaigns from Cristal, Krug, Dom Perignon, Philippone, Claude de Gua, and Nye Timber. The cost is £90. Email kings at cambridgewine.com and again include your name, address, and contact number. Tastings coming up at Amphora in Devonshire Road are on the 9th of November, Chardonnay, in which a wide range of Chardonnays will be samples, including Chablis and a Chardonnay from California and one from Greece. The cost for that is £30. And on the 16th of November, there will be a vintage port and cheese tasting, and that is £60 a head. Market House's Christmas wine tasting on the 18th of November has sold out, so another date has been arranged and it's the 6th of December. The cost is £26 per person. There'll be a tasting of one champagne, two whites and two reds and one special wine to go with the end of a meal. Uh, that's in Market Square and tickets can be booked via Eventbrite. And my old mate Pina Broccolianea is hosting an evening of natural wines and ambient music at the Kingston Arms in Kingston Street on the 16th of November. That's from 5 till 10pm. You can taste, eat and dance and that's an event I'm definitely going along to. MJP at the Shepherds in Fenditton is holding a dinner based around Tozier chocolates. Paired with wines by Ed Keith from Hallgarten Wines, it's £70 for four courses, including a glass of matching wine. Just make sure you arrive at 6.45 for a 7pm seating. You can book via the MJP website. On the 25th of November, you can celebrate Bridge Mass at Parker's Tavern. And that's an opportunity to celebrate Christmas with those people you'd like to be with at Christmas but can't be. And bookings are open now. Nice. And finally, if you're a student and interested in shopping more sustainably and you want to meet others who feel the same way, you can join the Cambridge Sustainable Development Hub in visiting Full Circle tomorrow have coffee and cake at thrive and then to take part sign up on the sdg hub cam instagram bio and then you can meet at emmanuel porter's lodge at 2 p.m tomorrow and there is green onions with the start of our job section 
The Cambridge City Food Bank is recruiting for a warehouse assistant. The job is 37 hours a week from Monday to Friday with some early evening commitments. Pine Shop in Pease Hill is looking for bartenders and kitchen staff. Send your CV to emma at pintshop.co.uk. Stir Bakery in Chesterton Road wants a front of house for its bakery shop. The job is part-time and either two days, Saturday and Sunday, or three days, Tuesday, Thursday and Sunday. Pop in and ask about it or you can email recruitment at stir at gmail.com. Jenny at the One Part Love Bakery she's hiring. She's looking for an assistant baker starting for next February. The baking happens in Dry Drayton and the role is four days, Wednesday to Saturday, 9.30 until around about 4.30 to 5pm. Training will be provided and if you have an interest in this, just email info at onepartlove.co.uk or send a direct message via Instagram with any questions. Gastronomy in Bridge Street urgently needs a chef. The Flourish Farm Shop has a full and part-time jobs available. You'll need to have a deep appreciation of artisan products, food, pottery, candles, soaps and so on. Email your CV to alice at flourishfarmshop at gmail.com. The Edge Cafe in Mill Road is looking for regular volunteer drivers to collect supermarket surplus on Mondays at 9pm from Marks Spencer in the Market Square and on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 8.50pm to collect from Market Square and the Beehive Centre. So if you think you can help, email Sarah jrd at theedgecafecambridge.com and that is a Sarah with an H. A quick roundup of other jobs. Try popping in at a quiet time to ask about it or look on the company's website. Chef de party are needed at Parker's Tavern and Pembroke College, where there are three vacancies. Clayton, the Clayton Hotel. Uh, sous chefs are needed at Bills and Pembroke College, where there's also a junior sous chef vacancy. Pizza chefs are needed at Pizza Pilgrims on Sydney Street, where there are six vacancies, also at Franco Manca, Charlie's Coffee Company and Aromi. And finally, a breakfast chef is needed at the Gonville Hotel, a pastry chef at the Ivory Brasserie, a chef is needed at Six and Sushi and at Bills, and chefs of all levels at Yori in St Andrews Street. Head chefs needed at Parker's Tavern. All of which brings us to the end of today's programme. You can catch Flavour on Alternate Saturdays at 12 noon. We're repeated on Mondays at 6pm and Thursdays at 2pm. Flavour will also be available as a podcast early the following week. And coming up next on Cambridge 105 Radio this evening is Strummers and Dreamers with Les Ray, followed by Rock of Ages at 9. But that's all from us. We will be back on the 19th of November with plenty more food and drink news, jobs and features. So until then, goodbye. Goodbye.